Look, we knew the Boston Bruins weren't going to go 80-3 and or whatever, and a loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning, I don't think, is too much to get worked up about at this point in the season. But we're going to talk today to Lauren Willand, who covers the Bruins and other Boston sports for Nesson, co-host of the Locked On Red Sox podcast, to uh, break down where the Bruins are at the moment what's ahead before the All-Star break, and also a look ahead to the trade deadline here on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast app as well as on YouTube uh, so that you never miss a thing. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And like I mentioned off the top, joined today by a special guest, Lauren Willand. Hi, Lauren. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's great to connect again. Yes, I think the last time we uh, did this, you were still Lauren Campbell. So congrats on uh, <laughs> the uh, change in last name and for that. Thank you fun life update um now off the top bruins losing last night to the tampa bay lightning please do follow lauren's twitter for an updated bruins record after every game uh apologize again for uh for doing that last week my thing uh, <laughs> that's lauren's thing nobody else can tweet the record uh also I believe in this house is your your thing as well, correct? Yeah, I don't even know how that started the house thing. <laughs> I just was like, let's let's try this out, and it, people loved it. So I'm like, you know what? We're gonna keep building houses. I I'm stabilizing the the housing market. Who's the, the uh, Who's the most often mentioned uh, in the house? Do you think? Posturedock definitely this year. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think he has 30, 38 houses. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh, is it after every goal you do it? No. Yeah, after every goal. Every, oh, wow. And then Very if nice. someone scores twice in the game, like Pashtunok when he had the hat trick, the second yeah. goal, Twitter will be like, oops, you already said that. So I have <laughs> to go in and hit the space bar because right, then it right. recognizes it as a different tweet. I was like, oh, my nice. God. First world Very problems. Nice. I like just to do the simple pasta emoji and a red light emoji. I don't know if anybody else does that, but that's I like to do that as well. Anyways, uh, Bruins losing last night to Tampa Bay. Um, I said on Twitter that you know the Bruins lose so infrequently this season that every loss is probably going to be a bit more magnified. Uh, I know some players talked after the game about you know they're aware that since they are so far ahead of everybody. The opposition is going to use games against them as like a, a measuring stick. They're going to get every team's best so that they can say we beat the Bruins. Um, how 
concerned. I don't even think that's a word we should say, but you know, there was the bad face off a bad play by Brandon Carlo last night on the third goal, a few minor breakdowns that led to the loss. But for me, it looked like it could have gone either way. What, what was your big takeaway from, from last night's game against the the lightning? Yeah, it just looked kind of messy in in the third period. It was another non on time start for the Bruins, which you've seen Mm -hmm. so many times this year, but we've also seen them, you know, the third period Bruins there. That's Mm -hmm. when they dominate. And they look kind of lost. I don't know what happened. Yeah. The communication looked a little off. And everyone just kind of looked like they were out of place. They didn't really know what was going on. And, I mean, then you had, you know, the whole face-off fiasco with Krejci yeah. and Stamkos. But, you know, I just think that was the biggest thing is that between not starting on time, not capitalizing on power play opportunities, and there's nothing you can do about the face-off. It was a missed, it was a missed mm-hmm. call or a missed, uh, you know, it was missed by the official. And, yeah. Linus Allmark had no chance, didn't even see that goal coming. But overall, it's, it's not, um, I mean, like you said, concerned is probably not the word to be using. Mm-hmm. I, there's, I definitely don't think there's any cause for concern. There's, these games are going to happen. Yeah. And they've, you know, they have 80 points. They have plenty of, thankfully, like, you know, there, there's cushion there, but you don't yeah. want this to continue. You have the all star break next week. So it, they're, they're probably a little fatigued. They're probably mm-hmm. kind of thinking, like, all right, we just got to get through the next few games here. But, it was very, um, very uncharacteristic to see yeah. the, the third period Bruins lack uh, the communication and chemistry. I think even on the broadcast last night, Brick was saying a couple times at some whistles that they were missing some details, things looked off, and then sure enough, they allowed that that third goal there against Tampa. Um, still, I think, yeah, they're on track to have home ice advantage, which is huge, and. Um, for me, it seems as though they can stack up against any team in the NHL. And Tampa's as good as any team, despite the fact that they're still like 17 points back at the Bruins in the standings or something. Like, there's no uh, no cause for concern, I don't think. But right. they do have some pretty significant games coming up before uh, the break. Uh, Florida... Carolina and then Toronto, who we just learned that this morning will be without Austin Matthews, but um, perhaps wanting to avoid going into the break kind of on a losing three of four kind of uh, swoon here. I, I suppose these games are, are still important, I would say. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. I think especially you want to go into the, the All Star break strong on a high note, and especially against teams that you could see in the playoffs. So you want to, you know, you want to make those statement wins and you want to, you know, make that you want to get those wins on in your record, even if you can get a point out of those games. I mean, obviously, the the goal is to to win the game. But now that the Leafs will be without Austin Matthews, that that is significant. That's, you know, that's not mm-hmm. to be like, oh, like, oh, well, just another another loss for the Leafs. Like, no, that that's a significant loss. And that the Bruins, you know, they play hard against these teams. And like you said, you know, at the beginning when teams are, you know, they want to make. The, the, that statement win because they know that it's the Boston Bruins. They're dominating the league and maybe they do get their best from every team. And I think the Bruins mm-hmm. know that going into every game. And especially, like I said, with the all-star break coming, every team wants to get to the break at this point and get some, get some extra rest, go be with their families. And the Bruins are, are no different, but I think that ending it on the, on the road as well, their, their road on the road, ending on the road is never easy, but 
we, we just saw them in, at the, on the West Coast. Six, six point perfect road mm-hmm. trip. Obviously, that's not yep. going to happen this time around, but you can still take three out of four and still make a statement going into the All-Star break. But yeah, these are important games and you want to put, you bring your best every single night, even if you don't feel a hundred percent. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, And you know, the the Florida Panthers reigning president's trophy winners currently on the outside, looking into the playoffs. Uh, I want to kind of touch on the old president's trophy curse here in a moment, but first uh, just a quick word about our new sponsor, which is FanDuel. And we're very excited here on the Locked On Network to be partnering with FanDuel. They're the number one sportsbook in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, even better, because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers can join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. They have all your favorite bets from money lines to point spreads, player props, put some money down on pasta, winning the uh, Maurice Richard trophy. And you can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Uh, NFL conference or yeah, championships coming up as well. So put some money down on those at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL and locked on. So I mentioned the president's trophy curse. I've seen a lot of people talking on Twitter about how the Boston Bruins they're on pace to have one of the, if not the best regular season in NHL history, uh, topping potentially topping the 62 wins for the the Red Wings uh, and the 2019 Lightning. That team, of course, losing to the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round. People talking about Boston peaking too early, uh, maybe falling to the same fate. I kind of joked that they brought in Nick Foligno as insurance on how to avoid that. Uh, But what's your sense of the whole president's trophy curse, not wanting to um, end up in first place overall. Um, Do you think the Bruins should kind of, I mean, it's difficult. You're not going to like take guys out of the lineup. You don't want to intentionally lose or anything, but um, what's your sense uh, on them kind of coasting into the playoffs, I guess is a concern. Yeah. I mean, you know, when when you say peaking too early, it's like, now we're almost in February. We're more than halfway through the season. I just think this is who they are. And mm-hmm. I don't think that, I don't think, I mean, I don't think they've peaked. I mean, I think they're, like I said, I think they're who who they are. And they're definitely on track to just run away with first place in the President's Trophy. Yeah. And of course, the, the fun thing about being a sports fan is the superstitions, the curses. Yeah. And so, of course, it's always like, oh, like, hope we know what happens when they win the President's Trophy. And you can look at 2020 as well. That's that year. It's COVID year or shortened COVID year, the bubble playoffs. And mm. that's when they won the president's trophy. But I do think looking at that year, I don't think anyone was getting past Tampa, regardless if it was right. a full, full season and normal playoffs, normal circumstances. I, I don't think anyone was getting anywhere past Tampa, anywhere close right. to, but you know, it's, I don't, you, yeah, sure. You can look at it and be like, look at what's happened when teams won the president's trophy, but 
it's it's just a fun little thing. I don't think the Bruins, I don't think there's any really worry. And yeah. of course, like you said, you don't want to intentionally lose games. And I do think when it starts getting to like March, very early April, we'll start seeing a little bit more rest. Yeah. And I know Patrice Bergeron will not be happy about that. He's like <laughs> yeah. someone who doesn't want to come out of the lineup and always wants the best. But I think that it's going to be smart. And maybe you'll see Jeremy Swayman get a little bit more games, maybe two, three in a row and Great. start kind of giving Allmark a little bit of rest, especially he had a lot of games in November when Jeremy Swayman got mm-hmm. injured. He's carried yeah. a lot of the load. And when before he was even injured, he was just kind of struggling. So, you know, you want, you know, you want to be the best, team throughout the entire season you want to give your best every single game but you don't want that to burn you in the playoffs and all of a sudden the Bruins get swept in the first round that's the last thing that that they want and it won't it wouldn't be because of a president's trophy curse it would be because they weren't given the 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 proper rest or the players didn't take the proper rest or whatever but we would be quick to blame the president's trophy because that's (laughs) yes that's the safe route that's what we have to do just you just reminded me of 2020 and that uh, Bruins winning the President's Trophy, but then having to play that round robin for a seeding, uh, and then Philadelphia ended up with the top. That so weird. That makes me so mad every time <laughs> I think of it. Like that was. <laughs> I get they wanted them to get some warm up games, but they shouldn't have been that meaningful that they that they didn't get the top seed. Anyways, that's in the past, I suppose. But uh, I totally agree with you. Like the Bruins. It's no longer a, a matter of this is a good start. It's no longer a matter of uh, they're peaking too soon. They're just this good. Like they're number one in goals per game, by far the best team in goals allowed per game, and much better than that uh, Tampa team a few years ago. I think I saw on Twitter yeah. this morning the Bruins are uh, or were going into last night anyways at like two point oh seven goals allowed per game that Tampa team was 2.7. So that's that's a pretty big difference there. Um, and if this team can stay healthy, I think they just are what they are. They're a, right. a, a very good team. Um, speaking of health, I think we're kind of seeing the impact of Jake DeBrusque being out of the lineup lately. Uh, they've tried Taylor Hall on the f- top line, Craig Smith, who arguably should – not even be in the lineup at this point. Um, I've kind of said for a little bit that uh, some people are kind of clamoring for the Bruins to make a, an impact move at the trade deadline to pick up like a Bohorvat would be the dream, but like a, a Patrick Kane or something like that. For me, I think Jake DeBrusque is kind of that game breaking player that people are dying to add to this lineup. And, and we're seeing that in his absence, we're seeing it when he stepped up at the Winter Classic. Um, what do you think the impact is of Jake DeBrusque on the lineup this season? And, and uh, I mean, can they be even that much better when, when he comes back? Yeah, I mean, he's playing with a whole new confidence this year. He looks really, really good. And, of course, you're always going to get the best when you're putting somebody with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. And we did see mm-hmm. it with Craig Smith. We did see a little elevation in his game. And you know, some of that is he just couldn't buy a goal. It was like yeah. like no second the beginning of the season. He just could not yeah. buy a goal. Osaka was plagued by it for a little while. So you you do see when when you're skating along with those two future Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to get the best out of it. And Jake DeBrusque is truly thriving. I mean, he probably could have scored 30 goals if he stayed healthy. Yeah, he was yeah, on a sure. great pace and kind of turning into that player that fans 
were hoping or even knowing that he that he is and you just he couldn't get to that level under Bruce Cassidy for whatever reason and just mm-hmm. having that change of scenery with Jim Montgomery and just having the players like really rally around him too and just having I mean this team is really tight-knit they are they're holding yeah. each other accountable they're they're so much fun they're just a big group of really really good friends and like a little family and you see it in the locker room you see it on the ice you see it in their toy shopping events just how much <laughs> yeah. fun they're having together so when you you do that and you couple with being wanting to be an impact player for your team and you get a Jake DeBrusque and he's been fantastic this year of course his injuries come in an unfortunate time and mm-hmm. but you know it's you know it's better I don't know that's the right word it's better to lose him you know now yeah than four weeks when it's a- April and May and you're like oh maybe he could come back for the cup final if they make right. it that far so yeah. like thankfully like the silver lining is that he will be back in this lineup and it's scary because you know they're winning games without him. They found ways to win mm-hmm. without without Marshan, without McAvoy and Grizzly. They found ways to struggle to win without Derek Forbert and make penalty kills. Still, yep. they're finding ways to win, no matter who is or isn't in the lineup. And I think that's just what makes them so good. Like they are Jim Montgomery. They hear him. They want mm-hmm. to play for him, and they want to play for each other. And Jake DeBrusque is is no different. And to think that he's he'll be back soon is exciting because this team is good and he makes this team better, which is something I don't know if we would have said last year or the year before. Yeah. And and now it's, he's somebody that you're missing from this lineup and we've seen it with the shuffling of that top line and trying to mix and match and plug and play who goes on that top line. And it's mm-hmm. clearly his spot to lose. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy that you mentioned kind of the impact of Jim Montgomery and looking back at the decision to fire Bruce Cassidy you could still argue that that wasn't warranted that he didn't deserve to to be to be fired that way but you can't also deny the impact that Montgomery has had on the lineup and, and how it's it's worked out it's kind of one of those uh yeah just crazy situations where Bruce Cassidy could and should very well still be the coach of the Bruins but this small move uh seems to have really energize the players and Montgomery's voice really seems to be uh, connecting in, in different ways, I suppose. Do you, do you have any thoughts on kind of his impact on the club and, and what he's meant to them? Yeah. I mean, it, the record speaks for itself. I think, mm-hmm. you know, and Montgomery had a lot of you know, question marks with this team coming in and he just took it in stride. He knew that you know, he was talking to players before he got a chance to meet them face to face and this is also, you know, his second chance at an NHL head coaching mm, job. Yeah. And he's very open about that and the struggles he's faced since being fired from Dallas. So, you know, he's taking this you know, very seriously. He wants to, you know, be a, a solid head coach. And we knew that. We knew he was when he was with Dallas. And mm-hmm. to come into a, a franchise like the Bruins, I don't think he was going to give anything less than 110%. And he has. That's exactly what he's done. And mm-hmm. being able to listen to his players, I don't you know, one of Krejci's gripes was he wanted to play with Pasternak. And Cassidy was like, I can't break up this top line. Right, now, everyone right. wants to skate with with Pasternak. Everyone wants yeah. to, you know, be able to skate with him. But I was like, I understood at that time because you don't break up that top line and what right. they were doing. But now, you know, you see you see Krejci skating with Pasternak. You see Montgomery switching the lines more than Cassidy ever has. Mm, you saw yeah. Pasternak with Coyle on Thursday night. So it's just, it's funny how we can, you know, he gives the players what they want, but he's also like, you're still going to play my way. And I do think that 
you know, you're getting more out of you know, players like Nick Felino, Trent Frederick, even Connor Clifton. I mean, they've all done complete 180s last from last year, especially yeah. Frederick. Like some of that is too just Trent Frederick, you know, maturing and right. realizing when to and when to and not to take dumb penalties yeah. and yeah. you know, getting in getting in your own way. And Clifton's really starting to use, you know, his size and his body and really just starting to make really good plays. And everyone's getting in on the scoring fun. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot. It, they're still, you know, I wish he would fix the uh, past happy Bruins. I don't know if anyone will <laughs> yeah. ever, ever yeah. fix that. But he's done such a, a tremendous job with this team. And you would never think, you know, a new coach coming in with a, an injured team to start the season would have the start they did. And a lot of that, I think, too, I think you see a lot of Nick Felino taking um, mm-hmm. a lot of initiative to be the vocal kind of leader. Because Bergeron, everyone respects him. And he's yep. and he's very humble. He's very reserved. He's not someone who likes all the attention on him. He leads by example. Felino's kind of that rah rah guy. Who mm-hmm. knows if he was able to kind of do that under Cassidy? If he wanted to be like, no, this is Bergeron's team. Everyone knows it's Bergeron's team. No one's going yeah. to get in the way of that. But and Felino's always been praised for the the leadership he's brought to the Bruins. But mm-hmm. maybe to be be able to take a more active role gives him a bit more confidence and maybe even being waved to start the season gives them yeah. a little boost. And, and, you know Craig Smith yeah. was waved and you just seem to get I don't know if it's you know it's Montgomery sending the same message to the Bruins but in a in a better way in mm-hmm. a in a nicer way I mean not that Cassie was mean by any means but so a little bit of that old school coach in him and You're fantastic right. coach. He was, I loved Bruce Cassidy while he was here. Mm-hmm. And clearly he's a good coach. Look what he's doing with the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, exactly. So it's, his impact has been awesome for the Bruins. I think he's a perfect mm-hmm. fit. And I like that he wasn't even really kind of mentioned in the round of candidates. You know, David Quinn was out yeah. there. My, my pipe dream was Barry Trotz, but isn't yeah, that everyone's? Yeah. Like, Jim Montgomery, yeah. I was <laughs> like, whoa, holy smokes. Like that's, I love that the Bruins kept that kind of, to themselves and i was like you know what? this guy's gonna be good he's happy to be yeah. here and he just he lets his players play and play their game and i think that's really important and it's yeah been great for the bruins this year for sure yeah and he's i mean i feel so happy for him just his journey to this point likely gonna win the jack adams trophy and uh i mean there's a good argument to be made for Don Sweeney winning the general manager of the yeah. year as well, based on all that he's done. Um, I mean, that one Mitchell Miller signing aside, of course, which uh, probably came from above him, but uh, still, yeah, a lot of people were wanting a change at the GM position. Uh, it's hard to argue what with what he's done to improve the lineup, especially that Hampus Lindholm trade, obviously yeah. a massive win for the Bruins. Um, and as we look towards the trade deadline coming up in just over a month, um, I'm kind of in the camp that I don't know if you want to make a huge deal to a sacrifice what little future that they have in the pipeline and also disrupting the chemistry that they have. Uh, I'm kind of leaning towards that, but you know, there's a bull out there. There's lots of, players who will be available uh what's kind of your take on what the approach should be heading into the trade deadline for the for the boston bruins yeah it's 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 an interesting deadline because they don't need a a big big splash like they did last Mm -hmm. year with lindholm and i don't think i don't like to label anyone untouchable because i do think everyone has a price but i would not trade fabian lysel i just think Mm -hmm. that 
there's just too much there. And I don't think, especially with, you know, someone like Bo, I love the idea of him. What would it take to get him here? And then he's, are we going to sign him? Exactly. Is is there going to be an extension? And then you still have the David Poshnok extension. So so you need to, you need to prioritize here. And my big thing is you need defensive depth because Mm -hmm. last night, uh, thankfully Charlie McAvoy is okay. Yeah. That could have been bad. And it could have been much worse. It looks like it was just not got the wind knocked out of him, a little stinger there. But you have Zaboral, who unfortunately just hasn't been able to really find that group yeah. before he tore his ACL. It's been really disappointing, but he's still a serviceable defenseman. But after him, you're looking down in Providence and you're like, who's here? Who could mm-hmm. like who could come up? You know, you think of the the A the Black Aces for the playoffs. Like what mm-hmm. is going to happen there? So I would love to see a defensive depth move. One where you know maybe you ship a Craig Smith out, even Chris Wagner, I and mean, he's just wasting away in Providence. And yeah, you, get, you know, cap casualty. I, I get it. That's mm-hmm. not his fault at all. But or they, you know, they have to clear cap space too because you need to re-sign Pasternak and mm-hmm. all the reports out there that you know that it's it's getting closer that they're t- in talks every single day. Do you trade a Charlie Coyle to kind of relieve that cap space? Because Charlie Coyle's been fantastic. Yeah, you're yeah, looking yeah. at that contract, and again, not his fault. I'm taking that mm-hmm. contract too. But you wonder if they're going to move someone like a Coyle, like a Smith. Smith would probably be easier to move. He's not going to get you as much as a Coyle would. But mm-hmm. you definitely need some defensive depth because I think we've seen the forward depth, you know, with Nosek out, with the Brusque out, that, it, that they can get by. But are you going to yeah. be able to get by if – what if Charlie, what if Charlie McAvoy was out for the rest of the year? What if he destroyed mm-hmm. that shoulder? He had surgery on his shoulder in the off season. Everyone was thinking the worst when he went into the boards on Thursday. Yep. So, you know, it, it makes you wonder. So I would love to see defensive depth move. I listen, this team is built for the playoffs right now. Yeah. And adding someone like Bo obviously would very much make that take that higher, but giving what you would give away. Does that ruin the chemistry? Does that almost, yeah. not, not make your team worse? But you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. And I just think a little bit of tweaking the defense because there's not much there after what you have yeah. now. So I'd lo- I guess, I'd love that. I, I, I love big moves, but I just don't think this is the year for the Bruins to do that. Yeah. I guess Mike Riley's still kicking around in the oh, AHL right. as oh. well. Yeah, but that, that's a bummer. He doesn't seem too pleased these days to be to be down there and uh, i don't blame him want to change his scenery yeah but yeah it is pretty pretty thin i mean unless maybe mason lori signs his entry-level deal later in the season and and pops in but but yeah still it's uh i think you're right that's definitely one area where they need to um to shore things up it would be great to add some scoring to add some Something to the bottom six, I think, but yeah. the top six when healthy is, yeah. I mean, it's if dangerous. you have the luxury of having Taylor Hall on the third line, <laughs> then then you're doing all right, I think, for sure. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, yeah, that's, this team is no longer a one-line team. Mm-hmm, they are a very yeah. dangerous, deep team, and all of a sudden it's like, how did this happen? Like, yeah, exactly. When did this happen? Well, I'm very interested to see, Don Sweeney hasn't really spoken spoken lately or tipped his hand as to kind of what their approach to the deadline will be. I'm pretty interested to see what that will look like. The Bruins three games left until the all-star break. Then they're off for like 10 days or so. And then things I'm sure will start to ramp up after that time. And I know uh, baseball season's right around the corner as well. I know that you are probably pretty, well, 
maybe a little <laughs> excited about the Red Sox coming back. Uh, can you tell people where they will be able to find uh, your Red Sox stuff uh, coming up this season? Yeah, you find me on Twitter, Lola Lauren, three laws, Lauren with four R's. No house tweets for baseball. I was doing it for the Locked On Red Sox Twitter account uh, at LO yeah. underscore Red Sox. But I was <laughs> nice. like, just doesn't have the same vibe. Like we got to yeah. find something else for, for home runs and who knows how much home runs will be hitting, will be hit this year with the Red Sox. But uh, I do host the, the locked on Red Sox podcast with my co-host Jake. We do that Monday through Friday, just like locked on Bruins and a lot of you know Red Sox stuff for good or bad has happened or for better or yep. worse has happened <laughs> this off season. Um, so we'll, we'll be there all season. Like I said, if win or lose, and there could be a lot of losses, we'll be there. So find us, wherever you get your podcasts and all my written work for Bruins and the Red Sox uh, is on Nessin.com. And I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Very nice. Well, I know uh, most locked on Bruins fans would know that I'm in Ontario and therefore a Blue Jays supporter. So I won't be too upset if the Red Sox aren't as good this year, just because how difficult that division is most years. Yep. That's a, that's a tough uh, division and the Red yeah. Sox all of a sudden are at the bottom of it. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Uh, well, thank you so much, Lauren, for uh, taking some time to chat. Hopefully we can connect again down the road after the deadline or closer to the playoffs. And uh, yeah, thanks again for, uh, for chatting. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. Go bees. And uh, thanks everybody for making locked on Bruins part of your day. Please do subscribe on whatever podcast app you use, go to the YouTube page as well. And uh, I will be back on Monday to recap the weekend's action and uh, get you caught up on all the latest with the black and gold here on the Locked On Podcast Network.